This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Penix looks the other direction down the scene. It's intercepted by Sandra Still. Mikey Sandra Still has a couple of blockers. A convoy. Michigan. Set up inside the 10. Mikey Sandristow. Biggest play of this defense tonight. Michigan did it last night. They appeared to be the best team during the regular season, beating Ohio State uh, late. They beat Bama in the semifinals, and last night they beat up Washington for their first title in 30 years. 34-13, the final uh, chickened out yesterday. I did. Um, I liked Michigan. I thought that they were the right side, uh, but did not give them out officially. Did you play them? You did play them, right, Denton? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely played Michigan. What was the number? I got it at four and a half. I think it went off at six or six and a half. Yeah, I saw it get up to five and a half. I just decided... I talked myself out of it and just sat down and enjoyed the game. Uh, Washington had burned me too much. And that is the wrong approach. That is the chickening out approach. Steve Sands and Tim Murray, the three of us are on a group text um, when it comes to uh, wagering on games. And we all think alike when we wager on games. And they were sending each other celebratory notes last night. And I just finally fessed up and said, I chickened out. I didn't play it. And Murray said, I'm very disappointed in you. It's not like you. Typically, you triple down once on your theory, once you've gotten beaten up with it. Uh, It's true, but uh, there was something about the way Washington was basically beating the books single-handedly over the last month that I decided to back off. Uh, Michigan was super impressive last night. We will get to that game and get to Michael Penix Jr.'s performance because that was what I think a lot of people were tuning in uh, to watch. He had become certainly a recent sensation for a lot of you um, and perhaps even a draft mover up the board uh, in recent games. Uh, Last night was not a good game for him. It was not a good game for Washington, 34-13. Michigan men and women uh, rejoice. Uh, Josh Harris spoke yesterday on the strategy and timeline on the upcoming hirings of a head of football ops and a head coach. We'll get to a lot of what Josh said yesterday. He also answered a question about the name 
kind of answered a question about the name. He also was asked about Eric Bieniemy and what he thought of the job that Eric Bieniemy did. So we will get to all of what Josh Harris spoke about in the press conference that followed the show yesterday at some point later on this hour. Two guests on the show today, John Keim at 11, Bobby Trossett, who does a Ravens podcast, and we've had him on the show many times. He's an excellent guest, an excellent Ravens um, insider. Uh, He's going to join us at 1135 because two of the names that have been confirmed on the request to interview list for Washington's head coach search are Ravens assistant coaches. So with Bobby, we'll find out more about their outstanding defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, and their outstanding assistant head coach and D-line coach, Anthony Weaver, both of whom have been uh, reached out to by Washington per reports and requested interviews for both of them as a head coach. It's interesting that you had John Harbaugh last night on the sidelines. By the way, that first shot of him hugging his brother, on the sideline, was that actually during the game? Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, it, people were freaking out online, like, how did he not recognize his brother? And it's because his brother came down during the game. Like, it Michigan was, was huddled up. It was very strange. Yeah, I mean, you would not typically bother even the closest of people in your lives while they were intent uh, in the middle of maybe their biggest professional outing of their life. And he just kind of came down during the game and gave him a big hug on the sideline. Um, I have uh, something that was brought up to me about the whole Jim Harbaugh to D.C. thing. Let me just say up front, I don't think it'll happen. I really don't. Um, I think Harbaugh potentially will end up in Vegas or maybe uh, with the Chargers. I do think that he'll end up in the NFL. I do think that that is almost a foregone conclusion given that there's just too much pain to go through with investigation after investigation and whatever the NCAA will be coming for um, at Michigan. Uh, But I don't think it'll be Washington. But somebody brought something up to me um, very early this morning, in fact, about why it would make sense for Jim Harbaugh specifically to be interested in Washington. Maybe uh, the feeling would not be mutual. Who knows? There was the report from Jordan Schultz yesterday. He was the only one with this, that Washington had reached out to the newly hired agent, Don Yee, by Jim Harbaugh, uh, the agent to Brady, the agent to Sean Payton, um, to, to express interest in Harbaugh. But somebody brought something up that I will mention here uh, shortly as it relates to Jim Harbaugh that is interesting um, as it relates to perhaps his interest in Washington. But Bobby Trossett will be on the show with us at 1135 following John Kime. Um, here's the list, all right, as it stands right now. We know that they hired Bob Myers and Rick Spielman yesterday to be a part of the search committee. Um, in talking to various people after the show yesterday, I do think that Bob Myers, while you know he is a badass in everything he's done, uh, and he does not, you know, just dip his toes. He typically gets involved. This is definitely more of an advisory position, and there's no length of time necessarily ascribed to it. You know, he's going to help Josh Harris when Josh Harris needs needs help. Bob Myers is a terrific 
aggregator of people and apparently is a great figure-outer of people. You know who was great at that? Joe Gibbs was. So along with Bob Myers and perhaps Joe Gibbs as advisors to, to Josh Harris, Harris is surrounding himself with pairs and sets of eyes when it comes to really being able to identify not just talent, but the right kind of people for a sports culture. Look, he's been an owner of sports teams, uh, both in the NHL and in the NBA, as we know. Um, But he is surrounding himself with a lot of people um, and a lot of heavyweights uh, in many ways. Uh, The opposite of really what Dan would have done. The insecurity of Dan never allowed him to bring on super smart people, people who were as smart, if not smarter than him. That was a big problem uh, during the 24 years of his ownership. Um, You do wonder how many is too many people uh, with ideas because there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Um, As Josh Harris continues to sort of refer to himself, not as the owner, but as the managing partner of an ownership uh, group. But Bob Myers, Rick Spielman definitely will be the football person on that search committee. Spielman knows the league. By the way, I would also suggest Marty Herney knows the league. He's currently still in the building. Um, But Spielman was brought on as more of the football person when it comes down to looking for the next head of football operations, which won't be him more likely than not, and the new head coach. Uh, But the list as it stands now, and Denton, you can you know, add to this if I've missed somebody. On the GM front, it's Adam Peters from San Francisco. Um, there is a tie with Bob Myers. Uh, they went to the same high school. They both went to UCLA, and they know each other very well. Adam Peters, perhaps at the top of the list of assistant general managers sought after uh, by teams with an opening, uh, as he was last year, and he decided to stay. Uh, in San Francisco. Uh, Adam Peters is on the list. Uh, Ian Cunningham in Chicago, the assistant GM to Ryan Poles, on the list of people that Washington has requested an interview with. Alec Hallaby, um, the Howie Roseman, uh, super you know analytically inclined associate GM in Philly. Mark Gonzi in KC. Glenn Cook, Uh, in um, Cleveland. Those are the names on the GM list that uh, the reports have been that Uh, Washington has requested interviews with. Did I miss somebody? We got one more that broke literally two minutes ago. Will McClally at Dallas is on that list now as well. Will McClay. McClay, yeah, sorry. Will McClay at Dallas, yeah. Okay. Um, Longtime head of football uh, operations. Has never had the GM title because that goes to uh, Steven, uh, Jerry's son, and, and Jerry is the, the head of, of football operations. But Will McClay has been thought to be very much uh, instrumental in Dallas's, you know, successful run of roster construction, of talent, you know, identification and, and drafting and, and acquisition. Um, interesting, because now Washington has reached out to two different people in Dallas, Will McClay and... Dan Quinn, who's on the coaching list. That got added to the list after we uh, went off the air yesterday. So the coaches list, uh, Ben Johnson, Detroit's OC, 
Mike McDonald, Baltimore's defensive coordinator. Dan Quinn, Dallas's defensive coordinator. Uh, all of these apparently are interested in taking the interviews as well. Raheem Morris, the Rams' defensive coordinator. Bobby Sloak, the Houston OC who developed uh, C.J. Stroud this year um, for D'Amico Ryans. Uh, Slowick, part of, at one point, the Shanahan um, group here. Anthony Weaver in Baltimore, an associate head coach and the D-line coach. Aaron Glenn, the Detroit D- uh, defensive coordinator. And then the Harbaugh report from Jordan Schultz, which I will just mention because this is how much respect I have for John Keim. Keim did not confirm that on his confirmation list he has Johnson McDonald Quinn Morris Slowick Weaver and Glenn not Jim Harbaugh um so take that for what it's worth uh it is interesting by the way as I started to do this right before the show I I I wasn't thinking about it and then I was like wow that's a lot of defensive guys that they've reached out to in fact It's five defensive guys and two offensive guys. The two OCs are Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick. Everybody else is a defensive guy. Mike McDonald, Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris, Anthony Weaver, and Aaron Glenn. And then Jim Harbaugh, obviously, is just, you know, is is the head coach. Um, But in terms of the coordinators that they've reached out to, uh, five and two, five defensive guys and just two offensive guys and Ben Johnson and Bobby Slowick. So there is the list uh, as we know it. And there definitely seemed to be from Josh Harris yesterday this idea that they're going to move rapidly on the GM head of football you know, uh, operations uh, list. That that's something that could be done very quickly. What's very quickly mean? I don't know. Maybe by the end of this week. You know, by the first part of next week. They cannot interview coaches in person until January 22nd, but interviews virtually can happen prior to that. So let me just mention something that I just thought was interesting. Let me just say, I don't think Belichick, I don't think Harbaugh for Washington. Um, The reasons being too much control wanted. Um, You know, Harris did make a statement yesterday that talent will rule the day, even though he'd prefer the separation of coach and GM, but ultimately you make exceptions for talent. Um, uh, But uh, I, I ultimately believe that the reason they've reached out to all these GMs and coaches is that's really the preference here, is an assistant GM getting elevated to a GM and head of football ops here, and then hiring a coach who is currently an assistant um, uh, or a coordinator somewhere else. Remember, on that list, Raheem Morris was briefly a head coach. Dan Quinn was obviously a head coach um, in the league. So the Harbaugh thing goes like this. Harbaugh and his brother are actually very close. These aren't, you know, this isn't a big-time sibling rivalry. The Harbaugh family... Very close. So a friend of mine said, if you find this, and I couldn't find it, he said, there have been mentions in the past from both John and Jim that they wish that their parents, who are both older, much older now, and do their best to get to every single game that both of them coach, um, that it's getting tougher for them to travel as much as they travel uh, during the season, to go to the Michigan games and then to go to the Ravens games the next day. Um, And Harbaugh also 
uh, definitely has a preference for places with tradition and with a real fan base. You know, you look at the Chargers, you know, opportunity in L.A. I mean, you talk about the most sterile and benign of environments. I mean, more so than any place in the league, including here in recent years. Uh, that place is is, is just they, they, there's no interest in the Chargers in Los Angeles. And the San Diego fan base is pissed that they left. Uh, the Vegas Raiders, they have a fan base, but you still have, you know, a new market now. Don Yee is Brady's agent. Brady is a, you know, a new, you know, minority shareholder in the Raiders. There's been a lot of talk about Harbaugh potentially to Vegas. But Harbaugh's been around football long enough to understand what Washington was and what it could be again. You know, when he went to San Francisco, they had had several losing seasons in a row. Um, and, you know, he turned out to be a 44-19-1 head coach in a place that had incredible history, you know, as, a, as an organization. Um, and three NFC title games and one Super Bowl trip. 44-19-1 as a head coach in the NFL over four years. His winning is just almost unmatched, and it doesn't typically take very long. At Stanford, it took a little while. At San Diego, his first job, which, by the way, came after he was an assistant with the Raiders during uh, the Rich Gannon MVP season. People forget that um, during 2001 uh, into 2002. Um, But anyway, at San Diego, when he got his first head coaching job, they were... Uh, the, the San Diego Toro, uh, Toreos, uh, uh, they, they were 7-4, and 11-1, 29-6. 29-6. Then at Stanford, 29-21, but his last two years, 8-5, and 12-1 in four years. They won the Orange Bowl after the 2010 season. Then he goes to the 49ers, 44-19-1, a 690 win percentage. Three NFC Championship games, one Super Bowl trip. Five and three as a postseason coach. Then at Michigan, 88 and 25, and now a national championship. Keep in mind, it was just three years ago that there was talk that Jim Harbaugh might get fired at Michigan. It was not working at all. And then he started to go with a lot of the Ravens' defensive minds, including Winter, the guy they have right now. Um, and so that changed things around. Remember how they got shredded by Ohio State, Denton, year after year? Three wides, good quarterbacks, good receivers, couldn't check anybody. And then all of a sudden, he changed. And over the last three years, three playoff appearances and now a national championship. But the idea that someone presented to me was Harbaugh would m- perhaps be more interested in Washington then maybe Washington would be in him because it's a place in which there is football tradition in history. You know, and he he did something in San Francisco, maybe look at Washington the same way. But the key reason would be keeping his parents in a situation, a very tight-knit family, where they don't have to travel to watch their son's coach. And there's only one place that that could happen, and that's Washington, as long as John is in Baltimore. Um, Now, none of the GM requests have been 
Joe Hortiz or Nick Mateo, I think, are the two guys that have been mentioned as as Eric DaCosta and Ozzie Newsom disciples in the Baltimore front office uh, group. None of those guys are on the list that Washington's requested interviews with. And let's let's I think face this reality. And it didn't happen in Minnesota in recent interviews where Harbaugh wanted more control. Um, and but Harbaugh's going to want uh, some level of control, not the Rivera, not the coach centric, but he's going to want to bring somebody he's familiar with uh, as a general manager to the place that he goes. And the Chargers and the Raiders both have general manager openings as well. Um, again, I don't think that's the path that Josh Harris is going to travel. Um, I, I I absolutely would be interested in Jim Harbaugh. You know, um, he would be the known. I mean, there are other knowns: Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris. Um, the coaching list we have more knowledge uh, on as fans, or even as really you know hardcore paying attention fans than the GM list. But you you get a lot of drama, that's for sure. The shelf life of Harbaugh typically is short, but you'd probably win and win pretty quickly if he came. Um, and I think that when Josh Harris yesterday, and we'll play some of the Josh Harris sound, when he said that, you know, Nikki Javala asked a, a very interesting question about structure. And he said, you know, sort of the head of football operations and the head coach and keeping those two positions separate, they're, they're both 80-hour-a-week jobs, you know, he spoke to. But he said, I'm always flexible when it comes to talent. And some of that flexibility could apply to somebody like Jim Harbaugh. I don't know. Um, just something interesting that somebody that, you know, would be in the know as far as the Harbaugh's and the Ravens are concerned in particular, and the family told me that this would probably be a place that the family would love him to come to. Um, all right. Uh, so there's your list. We'll keep you posted if more news breaks. Uh, we've already had the Will McClay news this morning. Washington's reached out and requested an interview with Dallas's uh, Will McClay, uh, front office exec in Dallas for many years now. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted on all that. Um, when we come back, let's go to last night and talk about the national championship game, talk about Michael Penix Jr.'s performance in that game against the best defensive team that he faced all season long, and then at the end of the hour, we'll play some of the Josh Harris sound from yesterday, including what he said about the team name and Eric Bieniemy. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980, the Team980.com. We're also free and live on the Odyssey app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Pick up your book bags. Grab your notebooks. It's time to go on campus with Denton. Hey, give me my theme music. Donovan Edwards rotates in at the back. He's got the football. Bumps into traffic and escapes. Donovan Edwards racing to the end zone. Michigan flexing immediately. 34-13, our last on campus with Denton of the year, and it's on a Tuesday, not on a Thursday. Um, but when Donovan Edwards went for back-to-back 41- and 46-yard touchdown runs, didn't you think that we were on the verge of seeing an absolute one-sided blowout? Not Georgia TCU-esque, but I thought, oh, my God. I was I was upset in the moment that I had not <laughs> – I had not done what I should have done, which was bet Michigan. Um, but it just looked so, so – it looked like a major mismatch after the first two Michigan offensive drives. No, because I knew Michigan wasn't going to be able to put it away. That was their biggest thing against Alabama. They should have they should have crushed Alabama, and they just can't put it away. And that was evident largely from the second quarter to the final couple minutes of the fourth quarter. Offensively, after those first two touchdowns, they were a, they were a dud on offense. They were not a fun team to watch for majority of the middle punted, portion of the game. Punted five times in the game. Punted. Yeah. I mean, J.J. McCarthy had ten completions. Yep. And Harbaugh called him one of the best quarterbacks in college football. By the way, Michael Penix threw 51 times last night. Yeah. So – so here's my overall take on the game. The better team won. Um, they were the best team uh, in the country. You know, I had people saying, well, they're lucky Georgia didn't get into the Final Four. Okay, whatever. Uh, they didn't get into the Final Four because they didn't beat Bama, who Michigan beat. Not to mention Georgia struggled with, you know, a couple of teams uh, this year. Um, uh, Georgia was not the same team they were last year. Just uh, put that to the side. And every year you could say that, that somebody got left out that perhaps could have done damage. It would not have been Florida State, by the way, with a backup quarterback or a third-string quarterback. So to me, Michigan won a game in which Washington had chances. Like Michigan, as you said, after rushing for 174 yards in the first quarter and having a 17-3 lead, uh, after that, they basically bogged down completely on offense the rest of the way. You know, after taking a 17 to 3 lead, they punted five times on their next seven drives uh, and got stopped on downs on a huge fourth and three where they probably should have punted um, because it opened up the door for Washington to create a game at halftime with a fourth down touchdown throw from uh, Penix right before the end of the first half. Um, but to me, what was very evident from the beginning, and it just grew as the night went on. It wasn't that Michigan owned the line of scrimmage offensively and was able to run the football because, again, 174 of their 303 rushing yards, which means only 129 happened over the final three quarters, um, 
it it was not the Michigan offense versus the Washington defense. It was Michigan's defense all night long that really made Michael Penix Jr. not only uncomfortable, but for the first time this year, certainly for the first time over the last few games, Michael Penix Jr. was rattled last night. Um, He was seeing things. He was missing things and missing them badly. He was only sacked one time in the game, but he was pressured throughout And a lot of the things that you and I talked about, Denton, about watching Michael Penix Jr. all year long and then, you know, these final two games, the Oregon Pac-12 championship game and the game over Texas where he was absolutely brilliant. You didn't see any of it. But we both talked about how, yes, he was the best deep ball thrower in college football. The ball looked so pretty when he threw it. He was very good at processing and getting the ball out on time. But during the course of the year in other games, whether it was Arizona State or Utah, there were wild, you know, up and down inaccuracies with the short and with the medium, uh, you know, throw um, more so than the deep throw. He missed a deep throw early in the game. Um, on a fourth down that was wide open uh, to his best receiver. But I just thought it was Michigan's defense, coverage-wise, pressure-wise, that really made it difficult for their offense, which had carried them, Washington's offense had, to really function, in part because the quarterback was struggling to see it and then really started to feel it. I know on the first interception of the third quarter, and that was a big drive, right? They had closed it to 17-10 at, at, you know, right before half, and there they he's in drop-back mode, and he the guard gets pushed into him, and, and the foot lands on his foot and twists his ankle, and the ball flutters up into the air, um, and it's picked off on a really good job by Will Johnson, by the way, on the pick off. He bobbled the ball but still came down with it. But I just thought Michigan's defense was the story of the night. Penix was confused. He was rattled. You said he threw 51 times. He did. 24 of them were incomplete passes. Two of them were interceptions. Um, A couple of them were wide open, big time misses. Uh, And Penix Jr., who had been so brilliant, wasn't last night. And I wouldn't downgrade him significantly because I know how I felt even before last night. Um, I think he is definitely behind the top three uh, in terms of Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. Um, But that was the story of the game for me, was Michigan's defense against Washington's O-line that really ended up making Penix Jr. a completely different performer than he was in the previous two games. What did you think? No, the, the, you're right on the defense. That's why I bet them. Uh, I bet them not for their offense, although I did think that they were going to have a, a successful night running the football. I did not anticipate 174 yards in the first quarter success running the football, but I knew they'd have success there. But the thing about their defense, when it comes to a, a physical defense versus an offense that relies on big plays and is a little bit more finesse in nature, I always ride with the physicality of the defense to better the finesse of the offense. And that's kind of what we saw here. There are a lot of throws that Penix missed that he hits literally every single other week. Like Oregon's watching this game thinking, man, if he missed those throws against us, we would have been in this position, not them. But what was really telling to me, Kevin, and this is because they got down early, but it felt like there was no intermediate for Washington. 
it felt like it was a, a very small play that you then asked your wide receivers as like a two-yard throw, and then you're asking your wide receivers to, to make up seven or eight yards to, to, to move the chains, or you're throwing deep. It didn't feel like there was a lot of, you know, 10-yard ins, you know, little hitch routes. It, it felt like those were kind of non-existent in this Washington offense. So well, they not... went with a lot of quick game early. early there was a was lot the... of recognition of the pass rush, and there was a lot of quick game, which I actually was impressed with because I thought they were going to have a, tr- a difficult time with Michigan's defensive front. I, I was impressed with their quick game, but it was very clear Michigan tackles. Michigan is so great at tackling. The amount of uh, bodies they had uh, at the ball when the whistle was blown every single time was really, really impressive. So I I figured once once Michigan was on top of those short plays, it was going to be a really rough night for Washington because they didn't have the ability to drop Pennings back for like an 11-yard strike on a second and eight. It just didn't seem to be in the flow of their offense last night. They just there were things that were talked about this morning on some of the shows and just the coverages that they showed Penix Jr. that he just was not seeing the simulated pressures that definitely rattled him that never came and the front four was able to generate pressure. Again, he's got a super quick release and he does process, I think, quickly, but I think some of the hits, I think some of the misses I think got to him last night. Um, and the better team was Michigan. Uh, it's funny because there were moments that you thought, okay, if he can hit one big one, you know, just one big, you know, ball uh, to a, to Odunze, that that they could get get it going. They they did not have. They had one play last night. I think one total of over twenty yards. That was it. This is a team that's super explosive. They had one play over 20 yards. And against pressure last night, he threw two interceptions and was three for 11. Uh, I'm sorry, three for 16 with two picks against pressure last night. Um, That's something that, you know, this game is a game that will be scrutinized by NFL GMs and scouts when it comes to Penix Jr. Not to mention his injury history, and he got banged up last night and was limping around after that uh, first interception, which was pressure uh, forced. Um, they couldn't run the football, which was another problem for them. Dylan Johnson came into the game not 100%. He went out early, came back into the game, ended up 11 carries, 33 yards. They could only rush as a team for 46 yards on 20 carries uh, in total. Michigan's done a phenomenal job all year long of just completely making teams one-dimensional. Um, just impressed by Jesse Minter and that defense all season long. Uh, You know, I've said this before, but in many ways, I know Ohio State moved the football. Maryland may have been the team more than any other that was as consistent moving the football against Michigan through the air. I mean, uh, I think Leah threw for 270-something in that game. I've got to go back and and look at it. Um, But they had big plays in the pass game against Minnesota, against Michigan, excuse me. Leah was 21 of 31 for 247 in that game, but had, you know, 34 yard completion, a 24 yard completion. Uh, most of it came in the second half, the third quarter, when they really started to move the football. Um, but the Terps ended up with, um, you know, more, a lot of success against that Michigan defense. It was really penalties that ultimately really killed them. But Michigan, really impressive. Great season. Um, 
all, all season long. We weren't sure because of the schedule they were playing, but they were just annihilating people. And then the Penn State game was the first game uh, in which you were like, oh, my God, that defense. I mean, Penn State could not move the football. And then Michigan without needing to throw the football. I mean, that's another thing. Like, J.J. McCarthy's getting a lot of love. I don't see it personally, and maybe I don't see it because we never had to see it. You know, with the exception of that final drive down 20 to 13 to force overtime against Bama, you just never really had to see J.J. McCarthy, you know, put the game or put the team on his back. Um, So maybe there's just a lot we don't know about J.J. McCarthy because of the team he was on. I know this, the intangibles, according to everybody, are off the charts, but he was 10 of 18 for 140 yards last night. He didn't have to do anything in that game last night. He had a good run, though. He did have that one really good you know, 20-yard-plus run in the game. Uh, Harbaugh gets his national championship, gets his title, didn't get the Super Bowl against his brother, um, didn't you know get close to it at Stanford, came up short in the playoff two straight years to Georgia and then last year in that classic against TCU. But he gets it last night, 34-13. to 13. Um, What else from that game, Denton? I would say on the J.J. McCarthy thing, I would have liked to see more from him last night. Like There were a couple of drives in that third quarter where it would have been really nice to see him get a first down. I mean, this is a crazy stat, Kevin. Michigan was 1 of 10 on third downs, and yeah. they won by 21. That's a because Washington was stat. two of fourteen on third down. Right, yeah, the amount of third down success that we saw last night had to be at an all time low for championship games across any level of sport. Right, it was, it was horrible last night. I would have liked to see JJ McCarthy step up a little bit more. Right, like this would have been an opportunity for him to really to put the as Jim Harbaugh would say to put your foot on the throat of Washington and shouldn't have even been that close. I got really annoyed towards the end, and it was right. Like, the broadcasters were right in saying this, but it was like three hours of saying, well, Washington could break this game wide open. I'm like, they haven't done it yet, and their their quarterback is hobbling around uh, oh, yeah. with his holding his rib after every single play. Like, I don't think it's going to – they're going to pull magic out of the hat now here. Just they could never get going offensively, and uh, – I I I would have liked to see more from JJ, but man, I was I was a little bummed with Washington's Washington's offense. I think they got a bunch of really good players, but I was bummed with what I saw from them. M- Michigan in the second half had an interception which set up a field goal for a twenty to ten lead, and then after that, three and out, seven and out, three and out. Uh, th- there were th- there were three straight drives of three punts. Washington had opportunities down twenty thirteen on three straight drives to do something, and they didn't do it. And then the big play was when he hit Loveland, uh, you know, which was the best throw he had all night long um, on the on the in route uh, for a big gain that got it, uh, got it into Washington territory. And then for the most part, uh, Blake Corum took care of the rest. Uh, then they got another pick and a return and a touchdown on a, you know, an eight yard drive. And that was it. It was, it was Michigan's defense last night that, that won the game and, and they didn't need uh, the quarterback to do a lot. JJ McCarthy's, you know, evaluation, that's going to be one where, you know, the tape is not going to show a great quarterback at any point, in my opinion, 
The tape on Penix Jr. is going to show an incredible ceiling of throwing ability for sure. And then I don't see how, honestly, either one of these two guys are in the class of Williams or Daniels. Uh, May is a different conversation for me. I think the pro scouts are going to love May probably more than than maybe some fans will. Um, he didn't have a great season at Carolina. Uh, no, it's not similar to how. Okay, Hal didn't have a great senior year either. Drake May's not dropping to the fifth round. <laughs> um, that's not going to happen. Um, but uh, I don't personally see it with McCarthy and Penix. Uh, I don't see it with McCarthy. Um, Penix Jr. going somewhere in the first round. Yeah, but you got to be sure. You got to be sure about a lot of things. The other thing too, and you just you saw it all year long. He does have a beautiful ball, but it's also an odd throwing motion. It is a flick of the wrist, the way he throws it. Um, It comes off his hand and his fingertips perfectly, Um, but it is an odd way of throwing the ball. It is a a flick more than it is a throw. Um, All right. Uh, I want to play some of what Josh Harris said yesterday, including what I thought was not necessarily the best answer to the name issue for those that are uh, still thinking about it. Uh, we'll do that next. John Kime at 11 a.m. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. As we just mentioned, last night's national championship game in college football, Michigan victories over Washington 34-13. They pull off a perfect season, a perfect 15-0 for the Wolverines. In the search for the next head coach for the Commanders, a couple new names added to the list. One big one, Bobby Slowick, the Houston OC, also a familiar face on the graphic that this fan base hates mightily. In the GM search, Will McClay at Dallas added to the list this morning. Dan Quinn added as well for the offensive or for the uh, the head coaching position. He's the defensive coordinator in Dallas in the world of golf. Tiger Woods announces yesterday that he is leaving Nike Golf. No Wizards or Caps tonight. The Hoyas in action. They host Seton Hall. You can hear it right here on the Team 980. And that's what's trending. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Bob Myers is a winner. Like, who wouldn't want him uh, on your uh, team trying to help your franchise? He knows how to identify talent. He knows how to build winning franchises, winning cultures. I mean, he's obviously not a football person. He's not been around football, but he's an amazing sports executive, and I'm, you know, really happy to have him helping. Uh, he'll be around uh, as an advisor to me. Uh, he's not going to be involved with X and o, X's and O's, uh, but he'll be involved through the search process and beyond, you know, as it relates to uh, the Washington Commanders helping us uh, build uh, a, uh, an amazing franchise, an amazing culture, and a winning culture. Uh, obviously, Rick Spielman brings a wealth of football knowledge, uh, the ins and outs of football. Uh, he did, he was executive of the year with the Vikings, you know, with many other teams and kind of brings that knowledge of football that you need, you know, when you're interviewing uh, candidates. Uh, and so he's going to be helping us through the search process, and we'll see after that. I don't, uh, I'm not sure. That was Josh Harris yesterday who held a press conference, uh, end-of-season press conference. The last time we heard from him was before the season uh, started. Uh, he fired Ron Rivera yesterday morning. That was the least surprising thing. Um, of yesterday, but the more surprising thing yesterday was the hiring of Bob Myers and Rick Spielman. So that was him speaking on the two gentlemen. And uh, Myers, obviously, um, as he would say, is going to be an advisor uh, to him uh, and be a part of this search committee. But Spielman will be the football guy on that search committee. You know, that search committee involves Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, Mitch Rails, David Blitzer, Bob Myers. There's only one football person on that search committee, and that's Rick Spielman, longtime general manager. So in many ways, Spielman's involvement and input here in the short term as it relates to these two key hires is probably more significant than anybody's. Uh, Spielman hired Mike Zimmer. Um, kind of an old-school coach, but a hot defensive coordinator uh, in um, in Cincinnati at the time. Remember, there were two coordinators hired off of that Cincinnati uh, team, uh, coached by Marvin Lewis. Mike Zimmer went to Minnesota. Jay Gruden, the offensive coordinator, came here. Uh, Rick Spielman um, was a guy that put together an organization, did it in Miami as well, and is a well-respected longtime front office ex- executive. He was the one in Minnesota who made the decision to pay Kirk Cousins the first fully guaranteed contract in the history of the league uh, when they brought Kirk in as a free agent uh, quarterback in 2018. Um, but there were a couple of other things that Josh said. So I want to play a couple of these for you from yesterday. And then John Kime will jump on with us at 11 a.m. and update us on everything he knows as it relates to not only Myers and Spielman, but all of the candidates that they have reached out to. All right. So this was Josh Harris. Nikki Javala asked this question about sort of the front office structure and what he's looking for in the candidates to fill 
uh, the uh, you know the available head of football ops and the head coaching position. Here's what he said. Yeah, so we're looking for the uh, best uh, people to build an elite franchise that's going to uh, consistently compete and win championships. So that's kind of our goal. In terms of the structure, uh, obviously, I start with talent. You want the best talent. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you let the talent just, you know, just sort of influence the structure. But my orientation, obviously, is that um, <clears throat> being uh, a, the head of football operations, being, in essence, the, in that lead role, that's an 80-hour-a-week job. Uh, being a head coach, that's an 80-hour-a-week job. Um, I think there are two roles there. Um, and so I think it's harder. I mean, it, there are certainly individuals that control everything. Uh, I think it's increasingly hard. So my orientation is not to do that. But on the other hand, uh, I'm going to let, you know, I'm going to really be somewhat flexible around talent. So that's kind of how I'm going to how I'm going to think about it. And I hope that answer your question a bit. And answer the question perfectly. I mean, basically what he's saying is his preference and what he's thinking going in is there's going to be somebody to handle personnel, a general manager, uh, you know, a VP of football operations or whatever title they'll give that person. And there's going to be a head coach. They're not going to do it the way it was done with Ron Rivera. However, um, you don't know how these things go when you are hiring for, you know, any position. Many of you who, who are listening have been in the business of hiring for key positions in your companies. And somebody may come in and just say, you know, absolutely blow them away. And this is somebody we have to have in our organization, but this person wants a major say. You make room for talent. You don't try to fit somebody into your organizational chart. Uh, if that person has great talent, you create the organizational chart around that person. Um, I like that flexibility in his answer. I do. I still ultimately think that they will find a general manager and a head coach, and there will be two new people in the organization, uh, one a, ca- a coach and one who is in charge of the roster. Um, this was him answering a question about the process of hiring the head of football operations and the head coach. Yeah, so m- my desire is to have the head of the football operations in place and then to work to, to listen very hard to what that person wants to do in terms of the coaching staff. In other words, I think those two things have to work together. And obviously, as I've said before, um, I want to um, um, you know, get the best talent here and then hold them accountable and, um, and work with them, right? So what that person wants to do or not do is really important in our decision process. It doesn't mean that you um, are not involved in it, but it means that you're, you know, to a large extent, you're relying on that person to bring a series of candidates to the table. And so that would be my ideal scenario. On the other hand, <clears throat> you know, there are, uh, we have to move quickly here. So uh, it's not perfect, but that's, that's my orientation. Yeah, so that, that's an answer that for some of you were confused um, based on some of the conversation uh, after yesterday. I think what he's saying is that he's going to be involved. There, this is a process that has to happen pretty quickly. And by the way, there's a lot of competition 
in this process as well. But his orientation, as he says, would be to have the head of football operations on board and for that person to, you know, not only, um, you know, help interview the candidates, but to perhaps bring even more candidates to the table and make the decision. In today's league, teams and owners, front offices really want their head of of personnel, their GM, and their head coach to be on the same page. Uh, It's very beneficial for the head coach to get players that fit what he wants to do and the way he wants to coach the team rather than having, you know, essentially two different sovereign nations, you know, uh, operating independently. And I think that's what Josh Harris was trying to get to. But because of the timeline here, he's going to be involved um, as – Every owner is involved in these decisions to a certain point. Uh, but uh, I think he's predisposed to letting his football head, you know, you know, suggest and and then go with the head coach that he thinks makes the most sense working with him. All right. Um, there were two other um, sound bites from Josh Harris that I wanted to play. I'm going to get to one of them now, probably one of them later. Um, this was uh, a question from Steve Wino from the Associated Press who asked him about Eric Bieniemy and essentially what his thoughts were about Eric Bieniemy to the point of him discussing whether or not he'd be considered for the available head coaching position. Here's what he said. I've enjoyed working with Eric, and obviously um, he's had success over the years, and um, I'd say that... Um, you know, I spoke to Eric today, and um, you know he's hard at work managing our franchise, and and I look forward to um, hearing to hopefully, if I could write the script, um, having a, our senior football operations executive in place, and then approaching the coaching search search with Eric and others. So uh, that's the right answer as it relates to Eric Bieniemy. In terms of the line where he said, "I spoke to Eric today, and he's hard at work managing our franchise," I think. Marta, I think Martin Mayhew is still on board making some of the decisions like releasing Curtis Hodges yesterday. There was some news, you know, some transactional news yesterday. I don't think Eric Bieniemy is making those decisions. I don't think he's actually managing our franchise, uh, the, the franchise. But I think he's the assistant that is under contract. He signed a two-year deal here. They don't have to do anything with Eric Bieniemy right now. They don't know who their head of football operations is going to be. That head of football operations could be Mike Borgonzi from Kansas City. He may love Eric Bieniemy and want Eric Bieniemy to interview for the head coaching position, or certainly at the very least, the head coach that he brings in will want him to consider Eric Bieniemy to, to, to be retained on staff. They don't have to make a decision with Eric Bieniemy because he's under contract. Look, it's the nature of the business, and he actually spoke to this yesterday, that everybody is in a cliffhanger right now. Um, whenever you have your boss get fired, uh, there is a period of time in which you don't know what your future is. That's the nature of, of many of your businesses and the nature of the NFL. And they just have to deal with it because they can't name Ron Rivera's replacement today. They have many people to interview. Uh, they have a head of football operations to hire as well. But Bienemy, remember, is the assistant under contract, unless I have that wrong, is under contract, so they don't have to do anything. The new head of football operations can make 
that call. Uh, what he said about the name, I'll play for you a little bit later on in the show because we're up against a hard break and John Kime is standing by. We'll get to John next, right after these words from a few of our sponsors. You're listening to The Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.